0: Uh, you know, last week we talked about the impact of praise. Now, if you haven't been praising God every day, man, I'm not sure. Uh, I mean, you got to check your pulse, right? That's what we talked about last week was praise is a pulse for the believer. And so if I'm not praising God. I got to determine where rather uh, I'm alive or not as a believer, because we're not because we said praise is what you do when somebody completes something. Uh, like i just sent Aiden in the room to do something he no, i was in my office and i had dinner and i said i asked him to come get my plate and actually major came and got it and i told him thank you i told him i appreciate it i was grateful for him doing it for me i praised major because major had completed a task on my behalf he had done something on my for me and so our praise is an indication that a work has been completed. That's what we do. So why am I saying if I don't praise God, then I got to check my pulse. I got to check what's going on because praise is indication that I trust and believe God that he has done everything that he said he would do, that he has finished the work, that he has healed already. He has delivered, he has set free i already believe that so the praise my praise is just indication that i believe in his finished work so every day you should praise god you don't you don't need anything to be happening around you to praise god Why? Because you already know it's finished. When you don't feel like it in the morning, you still praise God. Why? Because you already know it's finished. When your body doesn't feel like it's been delivered in the natural, you still yet praise God. Why? Because you already know it's finished. When you're traveling to and from work and you're trying to do your best to follow out the plan of God to to manifest debt deliverance, you don't cave in. You don't quit. Why? Because you already know you praise God. Why? Because you already know it's, finished. And so I refuse to not praise God. I always praise God. Why? Because I already know it's finished. It's a finished work. It's a light thing to God. It's a light thing to God. It's it's a light thing to God to trouble your troubles. God wants to be good to you. It's his desire to be good to you. It's his desire to be good to you. All right. So Let's jump into the word. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you this evening. I thank you for every, I thank you first God that you loved us so much. That, that you we weren't a second thought or a third thought, God. You loved us so much that you created us out of that love. You didn't need us, but you, you wanted us to be here because you loved us so much you made us. And you put everything that we would ever need in this earth because you are a good, good father. And we thank you that we can live on this earth and we can experience victory because you have sent your son to die on the cross and become and to make be payment for all of our sin and the consequences of those sins. so tonight god we receive your word and we receive your goodness we thank you god that we grow up into the full manifestation of what you have called us to be that we exercise dominion we exercise authority we replenish we subdue we do everything that you have called us to do father we are fruitful in all things Father, we thank you that right now in the name of Jesus that we understand the fullness of your love because the Holy Spirit causes it to be shared abroad in our heart. Therefore, you are able to do exceeding abundantly above everything that we can ever ask or imagine. Why? Because your love is understood in our lives and perfection. And we thank you for that in Jesus name. We declare the word tonight will grow us up so we may reflect your glory in the earth so that men may be saved. In Jesus name. Amen 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 all right so what's up what's up yeah i see several new names hey welcome 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 glad to have you here so tonight we're going to be talking about engineer to win you got to understand that God created you to have dominion. He created you to multiply, subdue, replenish and to be fruitful. That's why God created us. And you can run over to Genesis 26 and you can uh, read about that with Adam. He created you to rule the world. He created you to be kings in the earth. He created you to persevere. He created you to overcome. He engineered you to win. I think it was 2015 uh, the pastor Evan taught a four-part series called "Built to Last." If you if you haven't already, go to the podcast, go to Spotify, go to Apple Store, go to Google, or wherever you need to do. Uh, but go listen to that four-part series called "Built to Last." It'll bless you. But he talked about how we've been specifically engineered for victory, and regardless of what what it looks like in the natural, you got to understand that that you have everything that you need to manifest the victory that God has promised you. Uh, God has given you all the tools. You're not lacking anything, but you have everything that you need to experience the God kind of life. You are not some poor, poorly assembled human being with defective parts. You're not a cheaply made replica. You are the best thing that God has ever created. Go ahead and type that. Go ahead and type to say I'm the best thing God has ever created. I'm the best thing God has ever made. I am. Ralph is the best thing. Chandra is the best thing. Cynthia, Don is the best thing. T, Terrence is the best thing. Said is the best thing. I'm the best thing God has ever made, because you got to understand that we are the essence of God's love. It is part of the reason I remember because I go look them up. But it's the essence. We are the essence, the fulfillment of a, a a a millennial love shown to us by god he says before the foundations of the world i knew you so the fact that you hear cj the fact that you hear erica the fact that you're here tanya is by benefit of god's love and because he's such a good good father what good father puts his son puts his daughter in a situation not to win Right now, I make decisions to go to work. I make decisions to invest in retirement. I make decisions to buy life insurance. I make all of those decisions. You know why? Because I'm setting something up for my kids. I don't always feel like going to work. I don't like having that extra money taken out of my check. I right right now, I want to just bail out and go on vacation and be on the beach. But I can't do that. Why? Because I'm setting up the future. God set up our future for us, and He equipped us with everything we could need to to win in life. And so we would let's run over to Genesis one and twenty six. So it is not my desire to be here alone tonight. All right, so we're gonna go through this. Why? Because we 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 taught this. I taught a similar message, uh, I think, in March of last year when I was looking at my notes. Dad taught a similar message last summer. Uh, about this so this isn't anything new but we do not despise repetitive teaching we don't despise repetitive teaching and genesis 1 and 26 it just sums it up and says this i want you to be fruitful i want you to increase i want you to fill the earth i want you to subdue and i want you to bring everything under control because that's what the word subdue means he says i want you to be to govern we have been called to be governors of the earth Each one of us have been. And I'm not going to do a whole teaching tonight over the kingdom of God. You can go back and catch that one. I think that one. I know Dad's laughing. But I think that was like November of 19. We were talking about the Holy Spirit. Uh, And we're talking about in order to understand the Holy Spirit, you had to understand the kingdom In the kingdom of God. There is order in the kingdom of God. There's authority given to uh, us by God. And we've all been called to govern. And so that was part of our commandment to God. And so in essence, God made us gods of this earth with a little G. And that's what you are. And if you go to Psalms 115 and 16, it says the heavens are the Lord's. But the earth has he given to the son of man. So what I know as a believer, as a born again believer and accepting Jesus as my Lord and personal savior, is that I have the same power flowing on inside of me that Jesus had. The presence and essence of God lives on inside of me. It says the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth has he given to the son of man. There are so many things that we desire to occur in life that we're waiting on God to do. But God has engineered you to produce the victory that you desire for your own life. And so we can't be waiting on God. God has done everything that he's going to do. It's now my turn to exercise the authority. It's now my turn to exercise the dominion. It's now my turn to be fruitful, to increase, to subdue, and to govern. It's my turn. Go ahead and say that. Say, it's my turn. And how do I know what to do? Because he has given us the Holy Spirit to live on the inside of us, to mimic what he hears from the father so the bible says that the holy spirit can only tell us what god has to- told the holy spirit so we have him living on the inside of us giving us the ability to know what's to come and i'll give you that scripture uh in a moment all right so god gave the earth to adam and told him to rule over it we know adam made some decisions that caused him to lose that authority right but we know Jesus came back and reclaimed that authority for mankind. And the reason that Jesus needed to reclaim that authority is because in our sinful state, we did not have the ability to have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, which would give us the same duty, the same power that Jesus and God had to do what Jesus did. So Jesus came, he took care of all that stuff. So now I have everything I need to produce victory in my life. I have everything that i need and so what you got to do is be willing to get out of god's way so here's a saying that i have i will not complicate i will not complicate god's will for my life i freely receive all that he has to offer i will not complicate god's will for my life i freely receive all that he has to offer Grab, how do we complicate god's will for our life because we disobey How do I complicate God's will for my life? Because I don't listen to him. How do I complicate God's will for my life? If I'm engineered to win, Ralph, if you're telling me I'm engineered to win, why do I keep saying loss after loss after loss after loss? It's because you're complicating God's will for your life. Anytime we step out of obedience into disobedience, we step outside the umbrella of the authority of the kingdom. The kingdom has a what a set of rules and a set of ways there's a culture of the kingdom and so the kingdom has provision and so anytime i begin to operate in disobedience i step outside of the kingdom and then i begin to make my own self lord of my life therefore i'm now obligated to take care of my life and so but anytime i stay in obedience then in obedience, I find provision. In obedience, I find abundance. In obedience, I find peace. In obedience, I find provision to everything that I need. So we have to understand what God is telling us that he has engineered for us to win. When God is telling us to receive what we have for him, that word receive means to react to something in a specified way. So to receive from God is to obey what he has said. So you're like, well, God, I don't, you told me I can have the new house, but I don't have the new house. I don't have the new job. I don't have the marriage that you told me I can have. I don't have peace in my mind. I don't have healing in my body. Have you received what God has said? And the best example of that is a good example of that is Naaman. Naaman wanted to receive healing. Healing was available, but Naaman had to receive healing. How did Naaman receive his healing? He went and dipped multiple times in the Jordan. He wasn't going to because he didn't like God's method. He didn't like his way. See, you want debt deliverance, but you want to still charge on your credit cards when God told you to stop. You want a good spouse, but you're not willing to get, let go of your selfish ways and to move past the boo that hurt you in the past. You you want a better job, but you want to apply for it because you're disqualifying yourself because you feel like you don't got the qualifications that, that's needed. God told you that the job was yours. It doesn't matter if they want a college degree. If God said the job is yours, you would now just become qualified. God is not messed up about what's written on paper. God is not messed up about earthly qualifications. A word from God qualifies me. Oh, that's a good one. You can type that one. You can type that one. A word from God qualifies me. You don't need nothing else. Now, in the practical part of that, because I don't want to be teaching like this real left field, the qualification, God may say, hey, this is your year to get a house. He may say start saving he may say he may say go to this bank and fill out the application he may say call somebody to help you get your credit together i'm not saying god won't give you practical ways because he will but what i am saying is that we complicate the will of god's life for us we experience many losses because we disqualify ourselves based on earthly qualifications so a word from God qualifies me. That's what I need. Why? Because the will, where the will of God is known, faith can begin. And so when I begin to operate in faith, then I am now able to lay hold of what God has for me. Because, why? Wow, we know that the enemy comes to do what? To steal, to kill, and destroy. All right? And he does this by impacting our minds. Because so ultimately, we know that the enemy has zero power over us. Anything that the enemy gets us to not experience is because we have chosen to lay that down. The enemy does not have power over you. If you are not experiencing the victory that you have been engineered to experience, it is not because the enemy is beating you up. That is a lie. That is something that 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 is said <clears throat> in the earth. Because in honesty, in honesty, if we're, and y'all know how I, how I talk. I'm just real because this is how I talk to myself. And honestly, it is easier to say we got whooped by the enemy than to say I just surrendered. It's easier to say the enemy beating me up than to say that I, I, I don't have enough fortitude to stay in the Word. It is easier to say that I'm broke because my mom was broke, my daddy was broke, and I, can't, I, I don't have a college degree and blah, blah, blah than, than to say that I just didn't work the Word. Because at the end of the day, we always want to cast blame because in the natural and your fleshly state our flesh doesn't want to take ownership of anything that doesn't look good but our flesh always wants ownership of what's uh, of the good things, right? So, so I have to just tell myself, you know what? I am where I am because I've chosen to be there. The enemy didn't whoop me. I chose not to use the word. The enemy didn't whoop me. I chose to This is obedience. The enemy didn't do this. This is because I laid down my life said because i was engineered to experience victory but i didn't let victory come out my mouth i was engineered to experience victory but i i let what society said was going on in the economy to cause me to feel like that I didn't have enough money. I let the qualifications on this job description cause me to think that that's not my job. I let the fact that I've been hurting relationships with people that God told me not to be entangled with anyway, to to cause me not to realize a person that God has put right in front of me that has been engineered to be my lifelong spouse. But I can't even recognize that person because I'm entangled with something that God has told me to let go of. And it ain't the enemy's faults. It's because you chose to do it. And that's one of the most powerful things that you can ever do is to stop blaming the enemy for your situation and just call it for what it is. I I've made some piss poor decisions. And so where I am today is because of who the things that I decisions that I made. Now we all get sucker, sucker punched, right? There are always things that happen that that, that are but above. above uh beyond our control. But what we have to understand is this a lot of times we where we are because of decisions that we make. But but like I was saying, you have been engineered to win. Right, Andrea, we give the enemy way too much credit. But here's the other thing. When you give other people, when you begin to cast blame onto other people for the reason where you are, you never change because you feel like you don't have responsibility. Whoever you are blaming for being in the situation you're in, that's the person that you see is responsible for change. So as long as you don't see yourself as the reason for being where you are, then you won't change. And for some of y'all, that's why your relationship jacked up i mean let's just call it for what it is let's just talk about us tonight For some of us we got we got poor relationships because we're always blaming our spouse instead of just taking a look at ourselves to see okay my spouse gonna be my spouse and i can't control nobody other than myself so god how do i be the best person in this marriage how do i be the best friend in this relationship how do i be the best worker in this department regardless of what everybody else is doing. Because when you understand that you're engineered to win, the focus isn't now on comparison on what my spouse is doing. It isn't on comparison on what everybody else is doing. The only comparison I have is that, is is God pleased with where I'm at? But because you're always casting blame, then you don't feel like you're responsible. And because you don't feel like you're responsible, then you don't have an obligation to change. So, but God has called us to be dominion. Let's get back. And because he's called us to be one of those things that he called us to do in Genesis 26, he said, I want you to govern, Ralph. I want you to govern, Michael. Andrea, Courtney, I want you to govern. And that word government means to have authority over something. You know, like we have a governor over this, the state of Arkansas. Every state has a governor. And that governor has control and the ability to make decisions as long as they're operating in their state. Uh, and so if the governor of Arkansas tried to go somewhere else to govern, then when he, when the governor of Arkansas goes to Texas, he's just a citizen. He's just an ordinary person. And see, that's what happens to you in the earth when you step outside of God's will for your life. When God has told you to live in Arkansas, when God has told you to live in Conway, when God has told you to be in business, when God has told you to do X or Y or Z, when you're doing that, you're in the land that God has called you. Therefore, the authority of the kingdom flows through you. Therefore, you can exercise dominion. You can be fruitful. You can multiply. You can subdue. Why? Because according to kingdom authority, you're operating in the thing that God has called you in. So you are blessed to do that. But when you begin to step out of what God has called you, like the governor of Arkansas goes to Texas, you just become a normal everyday citizen. You just become a citizen of the earth. Therefore, the power that you now have back you in the kingdom is no longer relevant because you're not operating on kingdom duty it's like like an ambassador to the United States. When we send ambassadors to other countries, they go with the power of the United States backing them. But if they're not operating in their role as ambassador, if they're not operating in their fulfillment of their duties in which the United States has anointed them or called them to govern, then they can't walk out in the power of the United States. Why? Because they're not operating in the authority of a United States ambassador. That's why we get whooped in life a lot, because we're not operating in the God has called us to operate in. What we want to do is call something that we like and call it God and expect his power to flow. But that's not how kingdom works. I can't be here saying, I want that job. God says, no, that's not your job. But you like that's everything I've ever desired in a job. Then I take that job and I expect God's victory to show up in that job. I can't expect that why because i'm not operating in my jurisdiction as a citizen of the kingdom of god i have stepped outside god's kingdom anytime i have operated in disobedience and so where disobedience begins the power of god ends his your 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 ability to operate in power to operate in dominion to operate and be fruitful of Uh, subdue, to replenish, to multiply, those things end where disobedience begins. So I got to stay in the place that God has called me. And sometimes the place that God has called you to operate in doesn't always look like what you want to be in for your own self. Your flesh may desire something different, but as long as you do what God has said, he will He's promised to lead us to a good life. You know, Jeremiah 29:11. I know the thoughts that I have towards you, says the Lord, you know, to give you a good end, right? That's what he said. So even when my flesh doesn't understand, I still gotta obey God. Why? Because that's where my dominion comes from. So, so let, let's 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 keep talking about us, right? We're talking about us Wednesday night. We just practical, we just playing. Some of us are bodies. Are, are are not performing the way they should whether that's because of sickness or whatever we've been impacted and you hear god say walk a mile a day you hear god say drink more water you hear god say stop drinking that or stop eating this you know stop stop watching this tv or doing that because that bleeds to the pressure. you hear that but you still don't obey So your disobedience or your refusal to do what God has asked you to do causes the healing power of God not to manifest in your life because healing is an result of dominion, and as a result of power, it causes things, it gives you the ability to subdue, to govern over things. So when I obey God, it isn't that God is trying to take anything away from me. He's engineered for me to experience victory, so he has guided me to that victory that he has already paid for through his son, Jesus Christ. But when I, be, if I refuse to drink the water, I can't get mad at the kingdom for things not manifesting. If I refuse to exercise I can't get mad at the kingdom Because things don't manifest And so as we navigate these times We got to be careful That we're not getting mad at the kingdom We're not getting frustrated with God We're not quitting and caving in Because we refuse to obey God But then blame him While things show up in our life That's unfavorable God only gives you favorable things So I'll stay my lane I'll obey God And see, that's the issue with mankind. Uh, you've been called to be a, a a god of the earth, but you still are. We are still so caught up in being masters of our own lives. And so when we and the Bible tells us in Matt Matthew six and twenty four, I mean, and I know in Matthew six, don't come for me. I know in Matthew six and fourth, it says you cannot serve two masters. You're gonna love one more than you love the other. Then it talks about God and mammon. I I get that. Okay, I I know. All right. But what I want you to know is that I just want to talk about the first part. You can't serve two masters. Right. Um, and, and, and you got to understand anytime that there's two involved uh, or more than one, you're going to most likely, uh, when you're talking about servanthood, get one more attention than the other. Right. That's why in life, I love God first. All right. I love God first. And then I love I love my family my friends, ministry, things like that, right? There's a progression of that. And so everything that we do, God has to be number one in our life, why? Because we have been engineered for victory and in order to experience that victory, we gotta make sure God stays in our life as Lord. But anytime I feel like I'm smarter than God and that I know more than God and I can see farther than God can see, so I start making decisions for my own life, then I become master of my own life. And then Jeremiah 17 and five, it says, cursed is the man that make his flesh his own, right? And let me read out the voice for you. It says, "Curses is the one who trusts in human strength and the ability of mere mortals. His very heart strays from the eternal. So anytime I begin to make my own self, my own human strength, anytime I begin to rely on my own abilities, then what's going to happen is, is that I'm going to stray from God. I can't believe that Ralph is smart and make decisions for Ralph based off what I think and serve God at the same time. Either I'm going to humbly submit to Jesus as Lord or I'm going to make my own self master. I can't do both of them. You can't do both. You can't do both. So so what we got to understand is this. I refuse to think that I'm smarter than God. If he engineered me for victory, who am I to try to go and make instructions for my own life? I mean, how many of you guys buy a toaster then throw it in a bathtub or you buy a toaster and then you try to sweep the floor with it? No, you use the instructions in which the manufacturer gave you on how to best use the machine. Human beings are the only people who take the instructions from the creator, but then throw them out them out with the bath water to do what we feel like is best for our for the uh, thing that god created human beings are the only people that do that but when you begin to do what the master created you to do you experience the victory that he has engineered for you to experience all right we experience the victory that uh that in uh that god has expected for us to uh experience all right. So when when what we, well, we got to realize is this, when we operate outside of the will of God, three things are impacted. All right. And I go through these really quickly. The three things that are impacted in your life are these, your identity, your inheritance and your impact. And so if the enemy can get you to rely on his. Self, so if the enemy can say, hey, Cynthia, Michael, Courtney, April, uh, I mean, God wants you to do this. But I mean, does it really need you to do that? I mean, you know, uh, you know, you really like that job. You know, you always wanted to live close to the beach. You always wanted to be uh, a manager of the company. You always wanted to make six digits. And so here you are, got a job offer to move to the beach, making six digits, being the manager of the department. And God said, "Stay." God said, "Stay put." But here it is. And so now you got to make a decision, right? You've been engineered to experience victory, but victory is premises to those that operate in obedience and, and operate according to the culture of the kingdom, the way of life of the kingdom, the thinking of the kingdom, the mindset of the kingdom, right? They follow after the king, but you go and take the job making six digits. You only you only make six. now. So you doubled your salary, right? So you praising God, you tithing more now, you giving more and offering now, but you still living in disobedience and no sacrifice will ever take the place of disobedience. You can go over there first, Samuel, I think 15 and 22 and read up on that obedience is much better than sacrifice. Right. And so you can't now give to God more because that's what we do in our, in our minds. We're like, well, okay, God, I take this job. My tithe just double praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You give and you giving you, but you still operate in disobedience and God's not going to bless your mess. That's not what he's going to do. Why? Because that's what he didn't call. He didn't call you to do. And so because of that, your impact is, uh, It is impacted, right? Your identity is impacted. You're not becoming the person God has called you to be. Therefore, you can't govern the areas God has called you to govern. You you don't have authority down there in, in Florida or Miami or wherever the beach or the job is. That's not where your authority is. And because you're operating outside your authority, people can't recognize you why because you're not acting like a king's kid that's not what you're doing it also impacts your inheritance because we forfeit inheritance because we fail to grasp the understanding that correction moves you into provision so to stay where god says for you to stay will give you greater inheritance than just going and taking a job that makes more money than you currently make i've done that before i'll be honest with you i don't mind putting myself out there i took a job while i was in college making I think it was at that point, I was, I think I was a sophomore, junior. It was making $1,000 a week. Uh, It was a summer program that I ran. And I heard God say not take the job. I ain't even gonna lie to you. I heard God say take the job. But I was a college kid. I'm not sure about y'all. But $1,000 a week back there in 2006, 7 was a lot of money. I made more money than I ever made that summer. And I'll tell you what, I can't even account for it. I had I got more done making less money because when you operate in obedience to God, it isn't about what you make; it's the favor on what you have because favor do for you what money can't. Me and April was just talking about that the other day. Favor do for you what money can't. Money isn't everything. You chase money, but what you really need is favor, and favor is found in obedience to God. And we were just thinking the other day i like, man, it's almost been, I think, a year since we had to pay. uh, uh, Well, let me start the story off this way. Me and April decided in our heart to do something uh, uh, for somebody. And uh, when we decided to do it, God said, I'll make sure I pay you back. Uh, why? Because when, whenever God asks you to do something, He is. It, it isn't about. It is about the person, but it's also about putting seed in the ground so that He can bless you. And so, uh, we we did what God asked us to do, and, and before we realized it, something happened. They they gave April something for being a first line worker and we didn't have to play daycare. We was like, dang, that's a few thousand dollars. And then before you know it, an unexpected check came in the mail. That was another few thousand dollars. And before we even acted on the thing that we were doing for the person, every dime that we had committed had already been paid back to us. Why? Because we simply stayed in obedience to God. And so when you begin, when you stay in obedience to God, that's how you experience victory. Why? Because I'm an engineered product of God. And as long as I follow the instructions in which God has for his product, then I will perform and experience the things that God has for me. But when I deviate from God's plan, that's when I cannot expect God's blessings. All right. So it messes my inheritance up. Uh, yeah, y'all need to make sure you still put seed in the ground. Don't you stop sowing. It is still a good time to sow. Well, what about this? Well, the stock market went down. Well, what about laying people off? What it it is? It is still. It's never a bad time to sow. It's never a bad time to sow. You always keep sowing. The Bible tells us that you you should work and you should sow. You don't know which one's going to prosper you. So I'm always sowing seed. Why? Because I'm always expecting harvest. And I'm not just talking about financial seed. I sow grace. I sow forgiveness. I sow flexibility. I sow patience. I sow, I sow love. I sow all of those things because I'm always wanting those things. I sow favor. Why? Because I want to experience favor. The other day, um, Man, as you know, as you get a family, things grow. And so we had more stuff than we had space. So I went and brought a shed. And so uh, I like paying for stuff cash. So it was 90 days, same as credit. Uh, and I brought it. And so I had my last payment due August 1st. Well, come August 1st, everybody in my family had COVID. Uh, and so I wasn't thinking about the bill, right? And so the uh, I owed him like eight hundred dollars. So by August sixth, I was like, "Crap, I didn't pay that bill." So I call him uh, to pay the bill. And when I go to pay the bill, he's like, "Oh, it's eleven hundred dollars." And I'm like, "Whoa!" I was like, "I'm sorry, man. I ha- my family had COVID. I got caught up. Uh, I will. Uh, I will. Can I speak to a manager? Somebody that I could talk to, man." And he was like, well, I'm, I can't do that. I haven't called you. Couple of days go by. I don't get a call. And so finally, I called them back because I don't like owing people money. So I called them back and I was like, hey. And I was like, hey, man, look, I know I know, I owe you $1,100. I paid $1,100. But I at least wanted to at least ask that uh, if you could forgive that for me. This is what was happening. Um, I paid all my bills on uh, on time in the past and i mean I, I mean you could say no but i thought i would ask he said man look i don't even know how to change your bill in the system but i will find somebody to go change your bill and i'll call you back and he called me back in five minutes he's like look i figured it out for you he said i changed the date that you brought the thing so it looked like you were only on day 85 it won't it'll take away all the interest it'll take away all of that you only owe 800 dollars and i was like man i am grateful for you but But that's just favor. And and see, so many times if you don't get you'll get caught up on looking at money. Money doesn't run. Money is needed. It answers all things. Right. Money's needed. But there are things money can't buy right and so because i'm obedient to god because i'm a tither what i can expect is i can expect the favor of god to rest on my life why because i'm operating in the thing that he has called me to do and so when i'm engineered to experience to win in life part of winning is uh, receiving favor so that's why you can go apply for that job and and a hiring committee will say i don't even know why we're hiring you On paper, you don't even qualify. We have never, ever even done this before. But you know what? We feel like you're the person. You're the right fit. And you get it. Not because of money, but because of favor. Favor follows those who choose to be obedient to God. Favor follows those who, and you should expect favor, but also you should be sowing favor. You know, when that person pulled out in front of you when you was in the hairy, instead of flipping them off or cussing them, you just let them go on. And then not only do you let them go ahead of you, you then pray that they have the best day they ever experienced. Why? Because I'm always sowing what I want to reap. So and lastly, the thing that it impacts is our uh, that when we disobedient, it causes it it, uh, it deteriorates our impact for the kingdom. We fail to exemplify the kingdom through our lives, causing men to want to know not to want God. No, sorry. It affects our impact, our witness rather, because when we're disobedient, when they when people see us living the same mediocre, the same disobedient, worldly, conniving, uh, lacking integrity to God, life that they're living, why do they want to know Jesus? Right, so if I want to, if if I want people to know Jesus, then people know Jesus because they know me. People know Jesus because they know me. I mean, Jesus does need somebody in the earth to 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 uh. The Bible says that they that people uh that they they need the preachers. They need to have the word preached to them. And how can they, how, how can they have the word preached to them if there's no preachers? So, and that's not talking about what I'm doing now because you preach on your job. We're all called to be preachers. We're all called to proclaim the word of God. But if your life doesn't look like any different than the person out there in the world who doesn't know God, why would they be attracted to your God? Why would they be attracted? Right? So our life got to look like look like something. Go ahead and type that. Say, my life looks like something. My life looks like something. Why? Because when your life looks like something, people are attracted to that. And then that's the opportunity to talk about the God that you serve. So when I'm disobedient, it impacts those three things. It impacts my identity, my inheritance, and my impact for the kingdom. Yeah, I like that. My life looks like something. It looks like something. What's the something? It looks like kingdom. It looks like kingdom. Nothing missing, nothing broken. It looks like shalom, peace. It looks like not being anxious, not worrying about anything. It looks like knowing that my father would take care of me and clothe me and see me through. It looks like that, regardless of what I got a quote in my notes now. I forgot what. Who did I heard say that? But it says when a man lives by faith, he never has to change the way he lives based on the times. And so when you begin to understand that you've been engineered to win and that you live by faith, you don't ever have to change the way you live when you live by faith. When you live by faith, you never have to change the way you live based on the times. It doesn't matter if it's the most abundant economy we ever experienced or if the brokest the United States has ever been. As a man lives by faith, he never has to change the way he lives based on the times. And so many times with us, us, we're not always living by faith. So what we're doing is we're trying in bad times, we're trying to get in the word and good times we're backing off the word. But the thing is, you need to be consistently seeking God. That's why he says in Joshua 1 and 8 to do what? Meditate on the word of God, what both day and night. So you may be able to observe to do according to all that's written therein, so that you may make your way prosperous so that you may have good success. So that's what he's telling us. Meditate on the word both day and night. He isn't asking us that to be inconvenient to our lives. He isn't asking us to renew our minds, which is our, uh, which over in Romans 12, 1 and 2. He isn't asking us to do that because he is a God that wants to take anything good away from us. You got to understand that watching power or watching Raising Canaan or watching uh, whatever the show you like to watch is... God isn't trying to take that away from you, but what he is trying to do is get something to you because when you finish watching that show, you're not going to be empowered to do anything more for the kingdom, but what God is all about is his kingdom, and you can could, you could invest time now by being obedient to God, and it would give you decades of time uh, because you'll When you obey God, you walked in the abundance of God and now you're in your 40s, you're in your 50s, fully retired, living your best life because you spent your time committed to God in your 20s and 30s to do what he said to do financially. So God isn't trying to take time away from you. He's trying to make time better for you. But when you feel like every time God asks of you, it's always to take something. Then you don't know the character of your father and you don't know the culture of the kingdom. Because the culture of the kingdom isn't to take. It is always to get you something. It is always to get you something. But unless you assign that meaning to it, you will always feel like God is always asking for you or something, and you're not getting something. That's why I have to, I do this with my kids all the time. I'll be like, "Aiden, I need you to come do this." He's like, "Well, i want watching TV." No, no, no. And I'm like, "I'm really not trying to hear that right now, Aiden." I said, do you remember when you wanted me to do this and I did it? Do you remember this? And I did it. I said, do you do, do you recall? He's like, yeah, daddy. He's like, you're right. I like, Have I ever asked you to do anything and not taking care of something for you? I mean, taking care of you. He's like, no, you've always taken care of me. And so many times we want to run to God and take everything that God has, but we don't want to give anything back to God. But we got to take up our cross daily and we got to follow him. And about, so the Bible says in Hebrews 12 and 8, we're talking about being uh, not making ourselves our master of our own lives. It says if you are not disciplined, you're not legitimate. And so in other words, when we when we're disobedient, when we don't follow the ways of the kingdom, when we no longer receive the the benefits of the kingdom, when we operate in disobedience. Philippians 2 and 8 says your attitude should be the same as that of Christ who being in the very nature of God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped but made himself nothing taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness and then found in appearance as a man he humbled himself and became obedient to the cross even the death on the cross so God Jesus said look if anybody could have thought highly of itself, it could have been me. But I understood that even my time on earth, I only did what the Father had said. So who am I? Who are we to feel like we can be masters of our own life when Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came to earth and didn't think equality with God, but humbled himself to death, even the death of the cross? Who are we? Jesus at least present when we were created, he's part of the Trinity. He didn't think himself so highly to be equal with God. But here you are thinking that you can be God, because you you like, I can take that job in Florida. I can take that job. I can I can date this person. You know, God told you not to date that person. You like, no, nah, I'll be okay, God. I just keep my I just keep my guard up, God. You know, I I I I, I and God, like, you know, you you are working on being abstinent, you know you. I mean, you celebrate, you know, you know, that's what you're doing, that that he, he, she ain't the one. Oh, God, I just watch him. We'll only go on dates in public, God. And you go on dates in public and the public hand make it to your thigh and you're like, okay, you mean and he looking cute or she looking fine, however you want to do. And before you know it, well, started out as public because the because we're drawn away by the lust of our own flesh, right? So, so the thing that you have wanted, the thing that you've desired, that that's what's presenting itself. Why? Because uh, I'm not going to be drawn away by pork because I don't eat pork. I'm not going to be drawn away by banana pudding because that's something I mean I, that I'm not really attracted to, right? Uh, but Uh, But when you put like um, on spring break of 1997, when I saw them chocolate legs sitting there in eighth grade and spring break, when we came back, I was attracted to that. That was my boo. That was April. And so it was something I was attracted to. So I pursued it. Right. And I pursued it all my life. And we 18 years later, we still married and 18 years married and 23 years together. We still pursuing each other. Why? Because it was something I desired and God okayed. So I sought after it. But what happens is we have those ideals in our mind on how life should be, we don't consult God on what he feels like it should be and then we chase after that thing so we're drawn away by something that we're already attracted to the enemy isn't getting you because he, he he's getting you things that you don't like he knew the job that you desired he knew the city you wanted to move to he knew your type he knew bright skin dark skin long hair short hair he knew natural hair relaxer he knew what you wanted and because you didn't, because you felt like you could guard your own life better than God could guard your life, you you pursued the thing that God told you not to have. And you can read stories all through the Bible about people who touched the curse thing. Right? You remember Achan? I mean, t- I mean, you were you remember. Uh, uh, old girl who looked back and turned into a pillar of salt. Why? Because they kept their eyes on. They they went after something that God told them to let go of. But anytime we make Jeremiah 17 and 5, anytime we make ourselves masters of our own lives, we will always end in failure. And that's just the truth. And sometimes uh, earthly fail, and this is where the enemy has duped us. Earthly failure can look better than you have ever lived, but not close to what God has called you to experience. Let me say that again. Earthly failure can look better than you have ever lived in your life, but pale in comparison to the abundant life that God wants you to live. Let me give you an natural example. Uh, I grew up, and I think my parents... Uh, we, we we ate every day. We were good, but we were poor. Uh, and I'm currently living the best life I have ever experienced financially, everything. it uh, It's good, but it pales in comparison to where I know God has called me to be and where many people who didn't even know me and some people who do know me have called April and I to live. So my disobedience to God, I can stop pursuing the will of God now and I can live a good life, but it will still be a failed life in the kingdom. But failure in the kingdom can look good on earth because most people like, oh, Ralph and April, they're good, you know but we're not what God has called us to be. And so, so many times people have, have quit on God and they've become masters of their own lives because the life they're living looks so much better than the life they live, but the life they're living looks so much worse than the life that God has called them to experience. And so you got to understand it. When I say, when we become masters of our own life, it leads to it leads to failure. Failure can look decent in your earthly perspective, but in the spirit, you're just broken, you poke. Why? Because God has called you to abundance. It's not your best life. And if the enemy can get you to satisfy, be satisfied with a good life, then he has, he has messed with your impact, right? Why? Because you can't impact as many people making 100000 when God has called you to be a millionaire. And you can't impact as many people as a millionaire when God has called you to be a billionaire. You can't impact people in Dallas as long as you're living good in Atlanta. You got to be where God has called you to be in order to make the impact God has called you to make. All right. And so you got to understand that you have been engineered to win. So in James one, verse four, and 14 and 15, it says this. When a person is carried away with desire, lured by this was a scripture I was talking to you about. When the person is carried away with desire, lured by lust. And when desire becomes the focus, the focus, it takes control. It gives birth to sin. When sin becomes fully grown, it produces death. That's James 1 verses 14 through 15 in the voice translation. When a person is carried away with desire, leered by lust, and when desire becomes the focus, key word here, when desire becomes the focus, you didn't sin all of a sudden, right? A lot of times you, you sinned because you focused on it. And when you focus on it, the scripture says it begins to take control. I like to say what Pastor Edwin used to say. The thing you focus on gets magnified. So if you would have just quickly obeyed God, then you wouldn't find yourself laid up having soul ties with Boo because you would have never been with Boo. but Because you focused on Boo, right? Because you focused on Boo, even when God told you not to mess with Boo, Boo got magnified boo boo began to take control of your life and boo gave birth to sin and then when sin was fully grown it produced death and so now you're struggling in your marriage now you're struggling in relationships all because of something you did 10 years ago because you just wouldn't let boo go. You focused on it. It took control of you. It gave birth to sin and now you can't trust men because you still comparing every man to boo. You can't trust a woman because you still comparing every woman to boo. The person you married to right now ain't doing nothing but good for your life but you can't even trust that person because every now and then you see a glimmer of boo and every time you see that glimmer of Boo, then you begin to retract You begin to put your guards up And you stop trusting God All because you chose to Focus and it took control Of your life, and it, could, it don't have to be A boo. The boo, as a person, a Boo Could be a job, a Boo could be your The credit card, a Boo could be A location you wanted to move to A Boo could be a TV show But all I'm saying is when you Choose to focus on something It gets magnified, it takes control And that's what gives birth to sin and so but what we have to understand is that God has commanded blessings that cannot be experienced by those who do not live according to the kingdom. It does matter how you live. It does matter how you live. You don't get God's best living any kind of way. God cannot force his blessing, his benefits to come into your life if you are not willing to receive it. And, and we just go in here because we are on page two. So we're we'll in here. We will pick up next week. But God, uh, God, God cannot force his blessings to come into your life. And we'll end with this story because this story makes sense to you. Uh, The story makes sense to you. I have insurance on my house. Uh, I have insurance on a couple of rental properties. And so uh, because I have insurance on them and and I've read through my policies, uh, I know the benefits. Why? Because it's a contractual agreement between the comp nationwide the company and myself and so uh, a storm came through and when the storm came through there was some hell damage uh and when the and, I, and and the guy came by knocking on the doors and uh he said look man uh, i want to look at your roof he said i ain't gonna charge you anything just let me look at your roof uh and uh see if you got any damage he went up there he looked he said yeah you got some damage uh and so I had a choice then to believe what he said or not. And so I called my insurance up and I said, Hey, nationwide, uh, I have my house looked at. They say I got hell damage. Could you send out an adjuster? Could you send somebody to examine this? They sent somebody out. They're like, Yeah, you got hell damage. I got a new roof. Nationwide has never called me in 16 years I owned this house to ever say, Hey, Ralph. Uh, we want to come put a new roof on your house. Though it was my benefit, though I pay monthly for it, they have never, ever called me to tell me to take advantage of the benefits. Now, what I had to do was to participate in the contractual agreement that has been established between Nationwide and myself. What was that? I knew I had a right to a benefit in a new roof, because if my house was ever damaged to natural disaster, then the insurance paid for. I called them with great confidence and said, I have hell damage. I need you to come look at that so that we can get something done about it. And in the same way, God isn't going to make you take advantage of his benefits. Same way nationwide never calls me to say hey ralph i want you to take advantage of this hey ralph i want you to do this now the thing is we do got the holy spirit he will remind you of the goodness of god okay i'm not you will be reminded but if you don't participate and the and the uh, system God set up. What's the system? He said he set up that the just live by faith. We live by faith. We gotta believe that He's a rewarder of those. Uh, everybody that comes to Him must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. He says that the just shall live by faith. He said we should know. Uh, his word and by, because we know his word then if we say ask anything in prayer it'll happen on our behalf we have to participate and so though you are engineered to win victory is only going to manifest for those who participate and so I thought that example would make sense to you because we all got in. And, and so, you know what I did? I said, oh, I got good at this. Let me call them about my rent house. Let me call them about my other rent house. And before you know it, I got three new roofs. Now, they net not even after I got my first house done, they didn't call me about my second house. Even after I got the second house, uh, all those in the process of being done, they didn't call me about my third house. I kept going back, reminding them of our contract. I kept calling them, reminding them of what they said they would do for me. And that's my job as a believer. If I'm engineered to win and I want to experience that victory, I just need to remind God of what he said he'll do for me. I just need to call him up and say, God, I thank you that you told me that I have more money than I have money. I thank you that you said I can owe no man nothing but to love him. I thank you that you said that I have... That the Holy Spirit on the inside of me will cause your love to be shed abroad in my heart. And because that love operates in my life in perfection, that you can do exceeding abundantly above everything that I can ever ask or imagine. So, God, I thank you that you blow my mind. I think that the desires of my heart that align with your kingdom will only be a basis for the goodness that I will experience in my life. I can go to God and I can remind him of what he has already said that he wants to do for me. It wasn't my ideal to bless me. It was God's ideal to bless me. So why should I be timid asking God for what he wants to give me? Why should I be afraid thinking he doesn't want to give me? The fact that I am breathing, the fact that I am fleshed out and you can see me is indication that God loved me enough to want to be good to me. The fact that you can see you is it's indication that God loved you enough to want to be good to you. If you God didn't want to be good to you, you wouldn't even be here. So. Call your company. Talk to God about the contract. But see, if I never knew what was written in my contract, I couldn't remind nationwide what they owe me. I couldn't remind them. And that's what, why God wants us to meditate on the word of God. That's why he wants us to let this mind be in us that was also in Christ Jesus. That's why he wants us to study, to show ourself approved. It isn't to inconvenience us. It's only to let us know what's in the contract so that we can recall and we can say what he has already said so we can experience what he has already finished. Amen. You have been engineered to win. Go experience the victory that your daddy have already brought for you. Go experience the victory that your brother, Jesus Christ, has already paid for on your behalf. Victory belongs to you. All right. Victory belongs to you. All we do is win. That's right, mom. That's all we do is win. So that's my time tonight. Uh, We can pick up next week. That's that's my time tonight. Uh, But I I want you guys uh, to know this. Uh, Number one. No matter where you are, God still wants you to win. No matter the poor decisions you made, no matter if you've known God all your life, there's still yet more victory to experience. It don't matter if you live in your best life, there is a better life because God is always about increasing you. So until you go see Jesus, there is always more. There is always bigger. There is always better. And what you got to do is always go after what the kingdom wants you to have. And I don't care what the world says. Well, they're like, you living the best life you ever lived. Yeah, but God wants me to live a better one. So I'm going after what God wants me to have. Why? Because the world isn't our comparison, only the life God has called us to live. That's our comparison. That's our test. That's what we look at every day. That's what I ask. God, are you happy with my life I'm living? And I'm always pursuing that. That's what you got to let be your guiding, thermostat on how you live, not anything other than the kingdom, not anything other than what the father said that you can have. Go after that with everything. Why? Because you've been engineered to win. And you got to know what the word says. Spend time in his word. Spend time knowing what God has called you to have. And the one of the things that he told you you can have, he told you that you can have salvation, eternal life. Eternal life is an eternal victory. And if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and your personal savior, tonight, I invite you. Tonight, I invite you to come home. Come home to the kingdom. And so if you don't know Jesus and you want to... Uh, acceptance your life just say this so father i'm coming home i'm coming home i'm accepting you as lord and i'm coming to to be in the kingdom that you have called me to be in i thank you that jesus died for my sin and i have victory in him and tonight i'm going to experience that victory so if you accepted jesus into your life tonight come home come on home this is where you belong and so and so just say 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 i'm coming home if that's you and some of you guys are like, well, man, you know what? I ain't been living right. But you know what? I'm about to get better. Why? Because I know I'm engineered to win. And the life I'm li- living right now is not a victorious life. I'm coming home. You come on home. And some of y'all know that y'all been called to be at FOC. You know FOC is a place that God has called you to be. Yeah, you can stay at your church and partner with FOC. And you can do that. Uh, let me get to that banner. I'm sorry. Let me go to the announcements folder and find it real quick you know you've been called foc foc isn't for everybody but foc is for a whole lot of people across the world and so you know if that's you just just type in the comments you know what i want to be a partner let us know because we don't know that you are a partner until you tell us and then you got to go fill out that information i want to be a partner i feel like the word that's taught at this ministry impacts my life in a positive way so i declare i mean i want to be a partner But you got to go let us know that you want to be a partner. So if you want to give your life to Christ, rededicate your life to Christ, you make a recommitment. I'm coming home. Right. Type that in the comments. If you want to be a partner, say, I want to be a partner. Let us know and go to focchurch.com and scroll down and fill out that information. okay? And then our other announcements. All right. Uh, Today's Wednesday, so we'll start tomorrow. Tomorrow, make sure your teenagers join us for Ignite at 7 p.m. Uh, Ignite is great. Uh, uh, Miss Chandra and Miss uh, Santresa have been doing a great job. Actually, shout out to them. Uh, I mean, they've held that down strong with our teenagers. So I appreciate them for doing that. Uh, I'm very grateful for them for taking care of our teens. So make sure your teens join that. Join in on Victory Zone. I had my kids watching it. It's on demand. Our kids was watching it as I was preparing for tonight a moment ago with were all preparing for this. And Aiden was in there looking at the Bible series about Saul and talking about Paul. And he was like, man, I didn't know he used to kill Christians. I'm like, yeah. He's like, and then he he ran to Jesus. And then he got caught up because Paul didn't eat for three days. And then, so we got caught up on fasting, but spend time with your kids talking about that. Uh, about that victory zone, it's on demand. Then Friday, join us at six thirty a.m. for uh, Champion Circle, uh, and then Sunday morning, nine a.m. with Pastor Chris and Elder Valley, and follow up up uh, with Mom and Dad at uh, nine thirty for Sunday celebration. Uh, and then on Mondays, join Pastor Sean uh, for strategies for success, and Tuesday back here for tuesday night prayer so those are the announcements and lastly make sure that you know if you're a partner of the ministry do not spend this time uh, trying to reserve your money all right and, and and i've been telling you this every time i've been teaching for a longest it is still a great time to sow. all right so you're a partner of the ministry we thank lord that we have 100 tithers. that every partner at foc is a tither uh, and, and, and if this is where you call your church home, then you send your tithe here But if you're a partner that attends another church, then your tithe may go there and you give offering here All right, but we have a hundred percent tithers. That's the confession that we make Why because we understand that the tithe is more than money We understand that the tithe has many benefits and that they can't talk me out of tithe I've been tithing since I was 18. I'm 38 now. So for the last 20 years I know I've never missed a tithe. Anything that comes in the Marlowe house is going to be tithe out there. Why? Because I want the I want the windows of heaven open up unto me. I want him to rebuke the devourer for my sake. I want to experience the favor that he promises me as a tither. And I give all right and, and that you should be a giver i give to foc i give to other ministries i give where god is calling me to give and so make sure that you find yourself giving you know the, the ways to gives are on your screen all right so i want to pray that you, i pray that you have a great rest of the week once again i thank you so much for joining us at foc where we're a church teaching you to walk in love live by faith and experience god's prosperity in every area of your life if you don't know jesus come on home this come on back to the kingdom. If you don't know them, come on back to the kingdom. If you don't have a church home, we'll love to have you at FOC. Just go and let us know that you want to be a partner with us. And lastly, be blessed. All right, be grateful. Every day, wake up thanking God for the goodness that you have. Because no matter no matter how bad you, see, you think your life is, there are millions of people that are trade their life right now for yours. And so be grateful for that. All right. Continue to pray for our partners, uh, the McCoys and, and, and praise God. Everybody in the Marlowe house, we, they're all over. I never got COVID. They're all over COVID. Everybody's healthy, but continue to pray for our uh, the, uh, our partners for that. Pray for the teachers, the students. I know a lot of parents are really afraid right now. So I'm really praying against the spirit. I come against any spirit of fear that cause torment with parents. We declare that. That the love of God will will consume them. That the joy, the peace, uh, will surround them, envelop, keep them. Father, we thank you that right now, in the name of Jesus, that you are Lord, and that fear bows at your at your name. We thank you that COVID bows, God. We thank you that all those things bow. We pray for the safety of of the frontline workers and everyone right now in the name of Jesus, but specifically fear. Fear will not have victory over the minds of the partners of FOC, our friends and parents and anybody across the state and the nation globally. We declare the kingdom reigns and as kingdom citizens, we operate in the dominion and authority that you have given us to cast out fear. And we declare that your Surrounding these people with a, uh, with with other people that will speak into their lives and let them know that they can trust God with their kids. They can trust God with their lives. They can trust God with everything that they need so that fear will be cast out of doors. We thank you for knowledge. We thank you for preachers. We thank you for teachers and evangelists who will teach the word so that these people know that that, that the word of God has been, desi- been designed to bring them freedom and freedom is what they'll have when they choose Jesus. So we thank you for that in Jesus' name that torment and fear and anxiety is cast out of doors and that everybody experiences peace and shalom. No fear here. You guys be blessed. I love you. Thanks so much for hanging out with me on another Wednesday. And we will see you on Thursday for teens and Friday for prayer at 6.30 a.m. Be blessed.